It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Dan Henry, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm glad to be here. Mate, thank you so much. This is a, uh, seems like a long time coming, but I've really only been binging your stuff for the last three months. And through this amazing community of people that are interlinked with people like Myron Golden and Russell Brunson that have had a profound impact on me. And, and since I've been paying attention to your stuff, Dan, I have, I've lost the fear of never making money again. And I'm 42, be 43 this year. And I've got to say, that's a first for me. So hmm. I just wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, and my, very kind my, words, very kind words. What, what makes you say that? So I read a book called Messages from the Masters uh, about a year and a half ago. And that book, when I finished reading it, I lost any fear of death. And I realized that we are, what I believe, we are infinite beings that, that inhabit the human form multiple times, right? Mm -hmm. And that every time we're here, we're here to ascend and improve and head towards enlightenment. And financially growing up in poverty, which was character building and fine, but it was the poverty mindset that, that did all the damage. So I had to go through getting rid of all the drink and the drugs and the gambling and the full health transformation. And the financial component was always the last part. And, and what I found so challenging was that I'd, I'd done all this other stuff, but I really felt like the missing link was being able to prove that I could monetize what I'd overcome. And mm. so I had my first year of entrepreneurial income last year and it was up and down, up and down. But what I've been learning from you and people that have learned from you, um, I know that it's it's becoming consistent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's it's uh, you know, currently there's no greater way to create wealth uh, than you know some sort of digital asset or digital product. I mean, everything in the world today is going digital. Um, even currency. And, uh, you know, in our grandfather's time, various grandfathers, you had to uh, strike oil or find gold, or there was even a period of time where the easiest way to become a millionaire was to make wigs, because that was what was popular. Um, but in, in today's society, the fastest way and the easiest way 
to create wealth and create a legacy that takes care of your, your family and your children um, is through the sale of some sort of digital product. Uh, it's a $350 billion industry that is growing. And, you know, to me, uh, uh, and I'll just say it, frankly, it, there's never been an easier time to create wealth. And if you're not doing it, um, you know, it, it's, it's totally your fault. You know, like if you're like my, my father always said, strike when the iron is hot. Well, the iron is hot right now. And if you're not striking, you are, to me, you're intentionally being poor. I believe in today's day and age with how easy it is to make money, poverty is no longer a bad circumstance. It is a choice. And so that's what I believe. Do you, I presume you've shared that publicly on your social media. Do you get much blowback from people when you say things like that? Sure. I get blowback from a lot of stuff I say, but uh, anybody who has ever said anything worth anything has gotten blowback. Everybody, you know, um, people hate, always hate the great. I'm not saying I'm the, a great mind or anything, but people always hate the greatest minds. I mean, look at Elon Musk. The man has literally gone into every single company he has ever bought, and he has completely transformed it from the ground up and made it super, super profitable. He has also single-handedly done more for climate change than any activist or anybody that shaves their head and holds up a stupid sign on the side of the road in history. Yet, he's hated by those people. He hands them uh, 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 emissions, uh, an emissions-free way to travel on a silver platter, and he's hated by the very people who say that they're for climate change. He is ridiculed for destroying Twitter when he has done the exact same thing to Twitter that he did to all his other companies, and Twitter's engagement has never been better on like one-seventh the staff. And he also bought a social media, he was smart enough to buy a social media uh, company, noticed a gap in the market that most social media companies restrict speech. And Americans in particular, we do not like to have our, our, our speech restricted, or at least half of us. And so he opened that up. I personally use Twitter a lot more now because I like the fact that I can go there and I can speak my mind and I won't get banned. Um, and so you know, that man who has a proven track record, who has helped the very causes that his opponents have championed is still hated. And so to me, when I get hate for what I say, I view that as a sign that I'm doing something right. Amen, brother. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll give you the tip. Everyone hates having this, this speech censored. Oh, it's New Zealand, yeah. Australia, mate, anywhere we go. If, if you had Elon's money, what would you do right now? Uh, if I had Elon's money, what would I do right now? Well, uh, considering the man is rich beyond his wildest dreams, I don't think I would do anything that is self-serving because it, it, at a certain point, you can only spend so much money for, for self-interest. I would do things for legacy and I would do things to solve major problems in the world uh, because what else is left after you've completely and utterly 1000 X what you could ever dream of spending yourself or for your family or for your family's family or their family's family. 
you try to solve major problems in the world. And I believe that is what he is solving. He is equaling the balance of free speech. He's solving, uh, making a major dent, huge dent in climate change. And he's putting human beings on Mars, which could be the seed that one day saves our entire human race. If anything, we should all be on our hands and knees sucking his dick, not <laughs> criticizing him. Okay. Yet, the people who literally are for everything that he's solving are just because they don't like his rhetoric, just because they don't like what he has to say or his tone, they get butt hurt and they speak out against him. And the thing is, is what most people don't understand, people who have never accomplished anything in life of value, people who have never built wealth, people who have never solved major problems or made a major impact, what they fail to realize is you cannot do those things without having some battle scars, without being a little rough around the edges. You can't get that much done being a nicey nice guy. It's just not possible. Um, and so instead of looking at what has happened and the output, we simply look at the skin and go, oh, I don't like that because it makes me feel not warm and fuzzy. And, you know, um, to those people, well, I don't know. They're not doing anything anyway, so I'm not concerned with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing you um, talk about what people think of us as none of our business a few times. It's something that I've abided by and had to um, because of my decision to speak my truth. And if you would ask me what I would do with all that money, here, I can tell you. So... I, I went through my own health journey, Dan. I had a, an incurable autoimmune disease for 17 years that I fixed with three days of cutting grains and refined carbs out of my diet, right? And, and I adopted a, an animal-based diet for three years to heal the rest of the stuff. And I would fund research labs that are completely impartial, right? So that we would get all the hard data from the actual truth, not just with food, but with all kinds of stuff, vaccines, medication, insert thing here, to have a completely impartial outcome. So you can go, because I, I don't care. I just want to know the truth, right? So, so I can make an informed decision. And I get pissed off when I find out that I've been lied to. So with that oh, kind yeah. of money, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With that kind of money, you could you could unveil... Uh, the lies. I mean, there was a guy named Chris. He's got a website. I think it's called Chris Beats Cancer. And he like had really bad, uh, I think it was like stage four cancer. And he's basically from Anderson, a bunch of carrot juice, uh, carrot juice up his ass. So, I mean, there's, if it works for you, you know, but, but imagine, imagine if you could cure cancer by shoving carrot juice up your ass, how much money would that cause cost the medical industry? How many people in, in the chemo industry uh, would lose their jobs? How many manufacturers of cancer equipment would, would lose out? And so whether that is true or not, we will never explore it and we will never let it become a thing that we seriously look into because it, even if it did work, it would absolutely cost uh, people, uh, the pharmaceutical companies money and they're not going to let that happen, you know, uh, and we keep buying their drugs. So, you know, whose fault is it really? Is it their fault or is it the people, is it the market's fault? who keeps buying their crap. And I mean, look, let's face facts. You're in Australia, right? No, we're, we fled to Mexico. We're in oh, Mexico. Mexico. Okay. Yeah. So, so, oh yeah, they got, they got good food there in America. We have the worst food in the entire world. It was, it's horrible. Right. And our people 
instead of complaining about it, they glorify it, right? Double cheeseburger. Um, oh, you know, and, and they and they talk like when I see somebody post like chocolate pizza or some, and they go, "Ooh, that's so." I find this thing. You know, respect people that don't respect themselves. And if you eat that kind of thing, I I, I fail to see how you respect yourself. And so you got you got a a country where the people always complain about like the pharmaceutical companies yet they eat terrible food which means and they and they glorify it and they eat it on purpose instead of eating healthier right so they encourage and perpetuate that market and they also become unhealthy so that they can then pay the pharmaceutical companies more money so they the market perpetuates the market okay and on top of it america is the only country to come up with the concept of fat shaming America is also the fattest country in the world. Leave it to the fattest country in the world to come up with an, the concept of fat shaming, okay? So like a lot of this stuff, like the truth or, or a truth that people like to talk about is, you know, oh, accept your body and accept this and accept that. But in reality, the real truth is your heart is like, oh my God, I'm failing. And regardless of what meme you posted today about body positivity, it doesn't impact your health at all and you should probably stop eating that fucking food and eat better and exercise regardless of what you know who's shaming you or not it's irrelevant you know and so i just think a lot of and this this parallels the entrepreneurs you know how many times have i seen an entrepreneur say well people aren't buying from me because um they just don't understand how to invest in themselves and that is not the truth the truth is you don't know how to sell that's it you don't know how to sell it's not the customer's fault. It's your fault, right? It's not the person who said you're you're getting a little chubby there, there, tubby. It's your fault for eating a bunch of double cheeseburgers and then going and freaking uh, 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 being in the hospital all the time because you're out of shape, you know? And like, I remember a day when Arnold Schwarzenegger, he had a, a thing where he would go around and he would be like, let's turn that flab into muscle. And he helped thousands of kids uh, lose weight, help with childhood diabetes. You would never be able to do that today. You would never be able to do that today. To turn that flab into muscle. That, oh, that would be body shaming. And it's absolutely ridiculous. It's wrong. It's disgusting. And it's the same thing in entrepreneurship. We, we, we perpetuate these ideas that it's not our fault. It's, oh, you know, uh, people just don't know how to invest. Our, you know, our leads are unqualified. And the reality is, is that, you know, you just don't know how to sell. You don't know how to talk to customers. You know, you don't know how, how you're not working hard enough. You're not testing enough. And ultimately you're lazy. And that's, that's the problem. It's your fault and no one else's. And ownership to me, because look, I used to be fat, so I'm speaking from experience. I used to be poor, so I'm speaking for experience. And the one singular thing that has helped me in all aspects of my life is ownership, taking ownership. See, today, you'd be encouraged to be the guy on the left, you know, uh, at least in America, right? Um, Same everywhere, dude. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, and I just don't agree with that. So one of the guys on YouTube who I, I, I have a, um, a confession to make, I would quite often watch those food eating challenge videos. I grew up in watching man versus it's disgusting. food. It's disgusting. Right. It's, right? it's, it's terrible. But there's a guy, Eric, oh. Eric, the electric who has, he, I've seen him eat 30 pounds of food in 30 hours. Right. And he's in good shape, but I found another channel where he's had a litany of autoimmune diseases. And like, he's like, guys, it's not linked. 
It's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. It's not linked at all. You, yeah, no. Not, you're shoving your your face with a bunch of burgers. No, yeah, that's, that's totally not linked. No, you're right. You're right. It's not linked. You know why it's not linked? Because the magic body positivity fairy came down and blessed you, and uh, th- those things aren't linked. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. And look, I want to be clear. If you are thick or overweight, I'm not trying to hate on on fat people. I'm just trying to say that if you have bad things happening in your life because you're overweight, you should probably, you know, deal with it and not just accept it because it's it's hurting you, you know? And like, but same thing in your business. If you're not creating the wealth you want, if you don't have the relationship with your child you want, like these are things that you need you need to accept as, hey, you did something wrong and you can and you have the power to fix it. You know, and don't worry about what other people are saying about you, positive or negative. Worry about you. Worry about how you can improve your life. We're always so worried about what people say and how people make us feel, and we're not worried about how we make us feel, how how we change, how we transform. And you know, that's my big thing: is is you're responsible for what you do and your output, and no one else. Yeah, amen, brother. One of the things that I really, really resonate with what you shared in interviews and, and in your uh, books and all, everything else is, and, and I w- I'd love for you to go into more detail about becoming the kind of person that you need to be to exactly. be the thing, right? Exactly. Are you able to expand on that for us? Yeah. yeah. So, so th- this goes back to what I'm saying. People want things, right? They want things. They, they want to be, rich they want to have a nice car they want to have a nice house but they don't want to become the person that deserves those things and the person like i got up at 5 a.m today it's 1 30 and i've been working since uh 5 30 in the morning i've got a massive amount of i've got probably more done today than most people get done in a week or gosh for some people months <laughs> and, and does it does, do i like getting up at 5 a.m no does it suck? Yes. Would I rather be out partying and like I used to in my 20s? Sure. But I mean, not really, but you know, I, 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 that's not what's going to get me what I want. That's not going to build a legacy for my family. I mean, the, the habits that I've developed over the years have allowed me to not just live an awesome life for myself, but I bought my mother a house. I bought my father a house. I pay all their bills. I help with other members of my family. I pay all my ex-wife's bills far and above what I'm required to. Um, I take care of the mother of my child, my son. Um, and, and I try to take care of my customers. And you don't get that going out and drinking every night. You don't get that waking up at 9 a.m. You don't get that not reading books. You don't get that. And th- it goes back to th- the person you want to become. You know, I mean, I, I got in shape uh, over the past year uh, because... I took my health seriously. I got in the gym, I go to the gym every day and I lift. I count my calories. I know exactly what my macros are. And when I want to lean out, I, you know, I have to go through the eating 140 grams of carbs every day, which sucks, but you know, it works. It works amazingly. Uh, I don't look for a fad diet. I don't look for a way to not count calories. I don't look for, well, you don't need to do that. You could just do this. I don't look for any of that. I just, do the thing that it will work based on math, you know? Um, And so I think fundamentally, if I were to explain it, many people look for the easy road um, and they avoid the hard road. I do the opposite. I, and I encourage others to do the opposite. 
choose the hard road. And here's why. The easy road has, though it might be easy, it has a lot of traffic because everybody's on the easy road. And so there's congestion and it's hard to move down the easy road. The hard road, though harder, has no traffic. So when you do figure out the hard way, you can breeze right on down the road. And that's why I always try to choose the hard thing because if I can figure out the hard thing, I, look, I don't want my competitors to figure that out. And the easiest way to make sure your competitors don't figure it out is to solve the hard problem, not the easy one. That's such great advice. You're, you're, you've had a meteoric rise, really. How old are you? 36 now, Dan? 36. What was the time frame from when you like went into this, this where you are now, this entrepreneurial space to when you made your millions? Well, I was a failed entrepreneur for many years, uh, starting at probably 19, you know, um, in some aspect, also something. My father always said I had some scheme to become a millionaire. It never worked out. Uh, and then one day it did. And uh, I remember the day I, I bought a book called uh, com Secrets. And there was a particular, um, there was a particular uh, passage in the book talking about the process of a webinar. And the webinar uh, was basically like it's a one hour presentation or whatever hour presentation where you share some knowledge. And then at the end, you ask them to buy something. Pretty simple, right? Um, so I did what the book said and, and I really studied and I applied myself. And uh, the first day that I did a webinar, I made $48,000. And I was not excited about the $48,000. Most people would be. <laughs> what I was excited about was the fact that I just realized it could be done. And if I realized it could be done, I could do it at a higher and higher and higher level. And uh, today, you know, that was my best day ever in my life, $48,000. Today, the best day I've ever had is 1,020,000. And it's because, not because of that 48,000, but because I realized it could be done. And when you realize something that can be done, you now have the belief you need to do it at a much higher level and to keep leveling up. And so it was that, it was really that. It was the belief that, wow, this actually does work. Because I think most entrepreneurs, they don't think, they really don't think it can work. They really don't think that they can be a millionaire. I think deep down, they, they just, you have to, you have to taste it. You know, $48,000 does not make you a millionaire. But when I tasted it, I was like, oh, this is possible. This is really possible. And when you know it's possible, that's when you can make it possible. Amen, brother. I uh, had a that's meteoric. My, that's honestly been my hardest thing with people is convincing them like, dude, this is possible. Like you can do this. That's like the, I think that is harder to do than to teach them. I can teach anybody how to create an amazing product. Uh, uh, sell it, close more deals on the phone, market it properly. I can teach all that. The hardest part is convincing them like, dude, no, this is real. This can be done. If you and if you and I got, do you remember that scene in Shallow Hell where Tony Robbins gets stuck in the lift with, um, with yeah. Hal? Yeah. If you and I got stuck in a lift for seven days, right? And we had all the food and water. And I was receptive and willing to take on everything that you would teach me, given given what I what I'm selling now, which is this this podcasting heroes.com to 
teach people how to bring big name guests onto a podcast, even if they're in a big audience. And, and it, it actually ends up being way more because it's a whole mindset shift because we're doing the same thing that you're talking about. If we had seven days together, what do you think that I could achieve based on implementing everything you know? And I was willing. Well, um, I mean, I can't answer that on an exact number, but I can say you'd at least make a million dollars if you if you applied it. Because I wouldn't give you any advice that would result in making any less. How would you know that I was receptive to what you were sharing? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. But it's sort of like, if you're a doctor and somebody comes into your office and they say, you know, I have pain here. And you, you look at them and you examine them and you find that they're, uh, their liver is about to fail because they're drinking too much. And you say, well, here's some pills. Here's some detox stuff. Um, you need to quit drinking or you're going to die. You don't know that that person is going to go out and quit drinking. However, and, and you can believe that maybe they won't. You can look at that person and say, ah, this person's not going not gonna to do it. They're, they're going to keep drinking. But even though you know that, you have a Hippocratic oath to at least make the attempt to tell them what they need to hear, and hopefully they'll do it. And so for me, I don't know if you're going to do it, but I'm going to treat you as if you were regardless, and I'm going to give you the best possible advice. And that's how I treat all my customers. I don't know if they're going to do it. Some of them do, some of them don't. Um, but I'm, st I'm still going to try my very best on my part. And then it's up to you to take ownership of that advice and execute. So th there's, there's, you can be taught how to become, be more, way more receptive. And that's exactly what's happening in my life. What is something that we can learn to become more receptive to hearing your, your advice or other people's advice that's beneficial? Well, you just got to get real with yourself. You got to ask, you got to, well, first thing you can do is open up your bank account. If you open up your bank account, and you don't like what you see, then you shouldn't be anything but receptive. That's how I would address it. You know, now if you open up your bank account and you are over the moon, then maybe you can filter some stuff out, but it's not going to grow unless you listen to people with bigger bank accounts. And so um, not being receptive is a trait of the poor. Being receptive is a trait of the wealthy. It's just the more wealthy you get, the more noise you have to filter out so that you can save time to be receptive to the advice that really matters. That's such good. That's brilliant, dude. Thanks very much. Now, you are a super busy man. I don't want to hold you up. Where can people get a hold of you, Dan? Um, well, a lot of places. I'm always active on uh, Instagram at Dan Henry and my YouTube channel. Um, uh, if you have a company that does sales and you want to increase those sales um we we work with people directly and very closely at closeddeals.com uh and then we also have a uh, marketing university uh, at getclients.com for um people who want to create digital products um i do i do want to make sure that i give some value uh on this rather than just share my thoughts um and you had mentioned that if we were stuck in an elevator for 7 days you know, what could I tell you to grow this offer? Um, well, I don't need seven days. I could do it in 70 seconds uh, if you're willing to be receptive. 
<laughs> Dude, I am like a giant sponge with with big shovels funneling the stuff in my gob. You just go straight ahead. <laughs> okay, so why don't you do this? Um, let me just make sure I'm I'm good. Uh, take thirty seconds, no more than thirty seconds, and pitch me your product, and then I'll I'll repeat it back to you better. I can show you how to create the life of your dreams by allowing you to see that it's possible to bring the biggest name stars on planet earth onto your platform to become friends with them, to have dinner at their homes and to leverage those networks to become unbelievably successful. Okay. That that's the pitch. That's off the cuff. You hadn't put any thought into it, but tear me to shreds if you need to. <laughs> well, here's one question I have for you. Why? Why do I want to get big name podcasts or big names on my back podcast? It, it certainly isn't just to have dinner with celebrities. No, no, not at all. It was uh, through my own experience. It's the single greatest thing that I've done for my professional development. It's accelerated my learning. I've become, you know, I read all of the books of the guests that I interview. So I've read hundreds of books and my knowledge has gone through the roof. My bank account's grown, my influence, my impact, my ability to serve has gone through the roof. All of that, the good stuff. Yeah, but that's all, that's just all gibberish. I want to know singularly, why would getting somebody on my, why would, get, I, let's say I have a podcast or a YouTube channel. How does it benefit me to get a celebrity or a big name on that podcast directly? How does it benefit me? I suppose you're seen at a same level as them, like borrowed ethos, maybe. But what does that, what does that, where does that go? What, why do I give a shit? Like, what am I going to do with that? People don't buy products because they like the product. They buy products because they feel that if they have the product, it will get them the result they're looking for, right? They don't buy the plane, they buy the resorts. So your, your method of getting big names on podcasts is simply a means to an end. What is the end? Why are we doing this? What's the why? The only, the only explanation I can give you is the reason I started was I, I wanted a way to get my voice out into the world. All right. You mind that. if I, you mind if I do my thing? <laughs> yeah, please. Hi, uh, my name is Le, uh, Laban Ditchburn. And if you are a business owner with an audience and you currently monetize your audience, means when people watch you, a, a portion of them buy from you. Imagine what it would be like if you could expand that audience times 10, which would also mean that the section of that audience that buys from you also expands times 10. What is the easiest and fastest way to do that? Simple. You find someone with an enormous audience and you tap into it. In other words, you get celebrities on your podcast, your YouTube channel, or on your show. And I have found a way, even if you are a complete nobody, even if you have a small audience, how to get people who have much, much, much larger audience than you on your podcast, how to get them to say yes, 
And as a byproduct of this, not only will you grow your audience, thus grow your sales, but you'll make life-changing connections with these people. In fact, I have had dinner at the homes of many of my podcast guests who never would even think to speak with me otherwise. If interested to learn how to do this, click here to watch this video, book call, download my guide, whatever. That's how I would pitch that. Nobody gives a shit about having uh, celebrities on their podcast. They give a shit about what it gets them. And at the end of the day, they want more exposure. They want a bigger audience. Why do they want a bigger audience? Because they want more people to buy. Why do they want more people to buy? So that they have more money. Why do they want more money? So they can take care of their family better. People only do things for, for two reasons, love or status. So they do it because they want to seem uh, like if, you, if I give you a million dollars, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to go out and you're going to buy a fancy car and some fancy clothes, and you're going to look like a top dog to your peers, or you're going to go take care of your family. You're going to buy your mama house. You're going to take care or both. People only do it for love or status. And so at the end of the day, they don't want celebrities on. They want what that gets them. And for you, I would imagine your audience is business owners, more sales. That's where it comes to. So they get more money so that, and, what does that do? It elevates their status and their ability to provide for those that they love. So that's how I would pitch that. Thank you, mate. That was so good. What, what's your highest ticket offering in the Dan Henry business? How much is it? Uh, currently, it's uh, our our what we do is um, at closeddeals.com is we take you on as a business owner and uh, we do a daily call with you where we help you increase your sales, uh, your systems, and uh, or if you have salespeople. We take them on the call and every day we work with you to close more deals, overcome objections, prospect, follow up. It's not a weekly coaching call. It's daily. And for that, it's $5,000 per month. But our clients almost always double their sales in month one and 5,000 is a pittance of, of that increase in sales. And for those who have a sales team, we manage their sales team as well. We either manage you, the business owner and, and work with you, or we work with your sales team if you're at a bit higher level. Um, and uh, we just get massive results for our clients. So that, that's our highest ticket offer. I used to have $100,000 personal coaching, but I sold too many of them and I don't want to do it anymore. So, <laughs> Well, the reason I was asking, I was going to say, whatever your highest ticket offering is, that's just how much you're going to make. Cause from the money that I'm going to make from what you just gave me, I'm going to join that thing. Right. If it's, if it's, I can do it. So that was the reason for you us. Should, you should, you should, you should, because here's what's going to happen. You're going to get leads, right. And you're going to get on the phone with those leads or your salesperson, you or your salesperson, and you're going to need to close those leads. Right. And the thing is, is the number one expense in your business is lost sales. So if you can, if you can double how good you are, at closing those deals, you'll double your income. And the thing is, is you're, you're good at getting celebrities on podcasts and teaching people to do that. That is a lot to be good at. Like just that one thing is a lot to be good at. To also expect that you would be good at sales, systems, follow-up, prospecting, managing salespeople, KPIs, that's too much to ask. We're good at that. So that's why we do that for you so you can focus on what you're good at and that is teaching people to grow their podcasts through uh, getting big names and celebrities on them. So we let you do what you you do best, and we do what we do best, and we both make money. 
I love it. Dan, this isn't some platitude, by the way, just because we're in the hype of a podcast. I am legitimate serious. I, like this is this has been so mind-blowing the last couple of months because I've now got the vehicle, right? And I've seen when I taught the live because we recorded for the on-demand course last week, I realized how powerful it was, just the mindset shift that people were getting. And that that's priceless to people. So I can't can't thank you enough, brother. It was just that was sensational. If um, if I were you, I would I would just do a webinar or or a sales video where I explained from a 30,000 foot view how to get more uh uh how to get celebrities on your like how to increase your sales by growing your audience through through uh celebrity networking or however you want to articulate it and what i would do is i would show the why and i would show the 30,000 foot view and i would at the end of it i would simply say like here's how it works here's why they would come on da 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 da, da. and then this is what happens your audience grows your sales grow and then what i would say is look at this point you have two options you can go out and try to do this yourself or you can book a call with us we'll give your podcast or your YouTube channel a review and we'll see if we can implement this for you um, and show you how to do it uh, uh, and make sure that you have the guidance and the handholding from somebody who's done it over and over and over again. Um, the, the two options close works very, very well because it, it allows you to give value to your audience by teaching them something. But a, a percentage of those people, they'll be sold on the concept, but they, they won't want to do it themselves or without any help. And so they'll book a call to get that help and then you close them and then you make an impact by getting them results. So good. Dan, what, what, what do you need help with? Um, what do I need help with? If you could wave a wand that would guaranteed answer the, the number one challenge you've got in your life right now, what would that be? Well, um, I would say breaking into non-internet marketing industries um, you know, Such as? any industry, you know, home services, any more traditional industry, the, the thing that we want to do is we want to scale and we want to help people with sales past just internet marketers, coaches, things like that. And so one of my plans, um, for next quarter is to really dive into how to help those other more traditional type of businesses. Like maybe you own a solar company, maybe you own a HVAC. Like I can teach anybody how to sell more, um, but it's a, it's a different industry than who we currently work with. And so uh, developing and, and tweaking our process to work for those companies is something I'm very focused on next quarter. And so I guess if I had to wave a magic wand, it would be that. Um, but I don't think anybody's going to be able to solve that for me. I think I have to, as I've always done, get in the lab and, uh, and figure that one out myself. So, gee, we wonder what kind of TV most of those people's wives and and they watch when they're at home after a hard day installing solar panels. Would it be Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple TV? Yeah, that's probably why they don't have as many sales because they're busy watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> we can have we can have further discussions another time about this, Dan, if you like. I got you. I got I'm you. I'm very I'm very appreciative of your time. I know you got lots on. Just want to thank you so much for. For sharing this amazing wisdom you need to read dan's books honestly i just left a review on amazon i i do leave reviews but and i left it's heartfelt it's awesome it's it's dna alteringly good i promise you that you need to get on youtube and check out dan's stuff dan do you have any concluding thoughts for our amazing audience today uh, my only thing is man you know realize that if you don't have things that you want in your life 
it's 100% on you. Maybe it wasn't 100 years ago. Maybe it wasn't 200 years ago. But today it is because it is so easy to produce wealth today. You can start an Instagram account, post some cool stuff, and then ask people to buy something and they'll buy. It's never been easier. And so if you are poor today, it's on you. But that also means it's extremely easy to change. You don't have to be a Rockefeller. You don't, you don't have to be a Rothschild. You can be anyone from anywhere at any age. And so strike while the iron is hot. And the iron is hot right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Henry. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training, where I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available and not only just bring them on but to develop relationships with them that build into know like and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire you'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience go to podcastingheroes.com it's p-o-d-c-a-s-t-i-n-g-h-e-r-o-e-s.com